1: Thank you for listening to the late-breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the late-breaking Formula 1 podcast. I hope you're all having a wonderful week and thank you so much for making us a part of it. We have an absolutely stacked show for you today. Proven to be a busy time in the world of F1 and of course we're building up to the Tuscan Grand Prix at Mugello this weekend so it's time to bring in Sam Sage and Harry Ede it's all going on at the moment isn't it guys
0: lacking, isn't it the F1 world is hip-hop and happening
1: wow. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> that, that was yeah
2: nice that's a great way of uh, describing what's happening um yeah this
1: week's been not quiet I guess Not quiet is correct. And for once, there is some breaking news in the Formula One world that coincides with our recording. For once, they haven't waited uh, a day after. It's because we're recording a day late, you see. In normal circumstances, we'd have missed this. Of course, we're talking about the big news that Perez will no longer be racing for Racing Point or Aston Martin as it is to be next season. Sebastian Vettel joining the team from 2021 onwards. But apart from that, we're also going to be looking at the Mugello Grand Prix this weekend, the Tuscan Grand Prix, looking at Ferrari's 1000th Grand Prix and whether it's going to be more pain for them. Bowl predictions and pole one, two, three predictions, of course, included in that. And reverse grid qualifying races. They've been brought up again after what happened at Monza last time out. But we are going to start with that news that Perez broke on Wednesday evening that he would be leaving Racing Point. At the end of the season, a team he's been with since 2014, Sebastian Vettel to Aston Martin. The rumours have been fairly rampant for much of the season and it was confirmed Thursday morning that the four-time champion would be moving to the team. So Sam, what do you make of this? Vettel to Jordan.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always loved the Jordan liveries. I think bettling a yellow or black outfit is going to be absolutely fantastic. I always thought he had a bit of a waspy look to him, so he should figure just right. I hope he gets a chance to really sting the rest of the midfield. Um, in all seriousness, of course, because wasps are absolute little bum holes, aren't they? Everyone hates a wasp. Um <laughs> he's actually going to Aston Martin, which is great. Is it? I don't know. Let me know. A lot of people seem quite angry about it. A lot of people who absolutely love Seb Vett are really pleased about it. Um, I think it is a real tough, tough time, isn't it? Because we love Checo. Checo Perez is someone that has really established himself as a key part of the Formula One grid. He's been around that team now for a very long time. It's been at least five, six years. I think he's been around that team six years. There you six go. Years. Yeah. And he's been with them through a game change. He's been with them when they were, went bankrupt and he took a pay cut to make sure they could keep their jobs. The man has been there through thick and thin for that team. Before Lawrence Stroll, before Lance Stroll, you know, he was there with Holkerberg He's gone through multiple different teammates and he's always delivered key results for, for that team. You now he's, he's got their most podiums. Uh, People saying that Lark Stroll is the better driver. Well, okay, arguably he's having the better season. He has got the podium out of the two of them. He's got more points. Checo did miss two races because he was unfortunate enough to be tested it wasn't positive. but It was... Uh, what's, what's the word?
1: It's, uh... It was It was positive. The first one was inconclusive, but the second one there was you positive. Go.
0: Okay, so he technically did have COVID, though he showed no symptoms of it himself. And he had to miss two races. So the points deficit maybe took a hit on a track where the car might have performed really well and he might have been even better than Lance. Um, on the other hand, Seb Yvette, four-time world champion, you know, Great job at Red Bull, as we all know. Uh, Came to Ferrari. It started off really well. And then it started to plateau. And obviously in the last 12 months, has really gone downhill being uh, kicked out of there almost sanctimoniously. Um, I'm glad that semi-vet's going to be in Formula 1. I'm so happy that we're going to see him for the next couple of seasons. And it's going to be in British Racing Green, which is just lovely. Aston Martin is obviously such a heritage brand. It's been around racing and sports for such a long time. It's an old-school manufacturer. I'm really looking forward to seeing him with a Mercedes engine, an old-school constructor, seeing what he can do in a car that's clearly on the up with good funding as well from Lawrence Stroll. That's really exciting. It is such a shame that Perez is having to step aside for a team he's been so loyal to, so helpful to. And the worst part of this, he was told apparently what well, even 24 hours before the release clause was triggered within his contract. Of course, there are rumours on social. You can hear it maybe around the paddock that it might happen. But obviously, he's a trusting guy. He's been on that team a long time. He's not going to listen to silly rumours about his career. Well, he's not heard anything from his own team or his own staff. He posted the fact that he was then leaving. His own pit crew said that they were gutted in the comments. They said they were devastated that he was leaving. They didn't know within 24 hours. And he replied very sweetly with, um, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. I mean, that's quite humble, I think, for a man like Perez, who's coming and become a real, I think, almost hero of the common person in Formula 1. People really love him. So I'm gutted that he's not going to be racing what is the pink now becoming the green. I hope he finds another seat in F1. I hope we continue to see him whether that be Haas or one of the other available seats currently at the moment. Maybe a double swap at Haas with Hulkenberg as well. That would be cool to put them back together. I think Semivet is a good man to continue building a new team like Aston Martin into the sport. He has the experience. He has to develop a car. He's strong um, when it comes to keeping a team together. Well, his morale is high. Everyone's morale is high. Uh, and I don't think that Lance is going to be too much of a competitor to him. But if Lance beats him, then maybe that says something. Um yeah, there's a lot of positives, a lot of negatives. Mainly, I'm very sad Perez is possibly going. I'm very happy that Semibet is in a drive for next season. I don't know why they can't just make sure that both of them are integrated together. Um, interesting, of course, what you guys think watching in the comments, let us know. And, of course, the boys, what are you up to? What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it's been on the cards for quite a while, hasn't it? So, um, Harry, what, what did you make of the news? Uh, well, yeah, like I say, it was on the cards, so
2: not necessarily surprising. Um was surprised in the way that it was dealt with with Perez, as Sam said. It was, um, that's a kicker for someone who has taken a lot of pain for that team and has put a lot into that team. Uh, that's That sucks. Um, and I, I'm confident that Perez will get another seat on the grid for 2021. It's just a shame for him that he won't be a part of that team that's you know on an upward trajectory, yeah. Um, they they've been the most competitive they've been for I don't know ever, maybe this year, and you know, next year is going to be much the same because it's pretty much the same cards. Um, yeah, so in that instance, uh, I feel sorry for him, but again, in agreement with Sam, I'm glad to see that Veto is staying and I. I genuine. We've seen a couple of bits, uh, you know, not a lot this year, but a couple of flashes of him. You know, we know he's still got it this year. Um, but I think he'll just be rejuvenated. I think it'll be like when he joined Ferrari in twenty fifteen. I think that's. I mean, I mean, it's got it's got to be for him basically. But uh, I think that will happen. I think he'll go into that new environment. I think, um, yeah, and I just think it will suit him, and I think he'll find his mojo again, and there's. There's less pressure on his shoulders going to, to Racing Point slash Aston Martin. There's not um, not the pressure of trying to win a championship for Ferrari, which is so intense. Um, you know, Even now, when they're not even challenging for a championship, that pressure is so ridiculous from just the weight of driving for Ferrari. So I think that will help his uh, his performances be better as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty much in agreement with Sam here. I am sad for Perez. I think he'll be okay. He'll find yeah. another seat somewhere. Um, and I'm glad that Vettel is, you know, going to be staying the sport. And 2021 is a pretty mouth-watering prospect now. We've got Vettel in an Aston Martin. We've got Alonso in an Alpine. We've Alpine. <laughs> Alpine. We've got uh, Hamilton in a, um, a Mercedes. We've got oh, Leclerc in a Ferrari. He'll be in with A. Um, so, yeah. I think 2021 is going to be juicy and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. We've certainly had an interesting season both on and off the track so far. I I know Netflix usually go with 10 episodes for drive to survive. I'll be surprised if they keep it under 30 episodes with the rate we're going. Um, if you look at Aston Martin, they've got ambitions that go well beyond not only where they have been, but where they are even now. You know, they've they've made great progress and you could definitely argue that this is the most competitive the team has been um, in all of their guises since 2015. You could probably go back to 1999 for the last time that they were this competitive. So, you know, it's a it's a really encouraging time for the team. And to be very blunt. You don't get many opportunities for four-time world champions on the drivers' market, like on the open market. It doesn't happen. You know, Sebastian Vettel is one of the most successful drivers in the history of F1, uh, and, and Racing Point slash Aston Martin have the opportunity to get him. It's very difficult to pass that up. You know those opportunities don't come along. They come along once in a once in a blue moon. So, completely understand why they've gone ahead with this. He's massively experienced. He's won world championships. And he's still got a lot to offer. He's very quick on his day. We've we've seen that, you know, multiple times. And his experience does count for a lot. We've seen that already this season, where Ferrari haven't necessarily made the right decision on the pit wall. Or I mean it's a shock if they ever do make a right decision. And Sebastian Vettel, a lot of the time, has the wherewithal and the, you know, that IQ to overcome it. If you look at Hungary, for example, he was able to he was able to gain a very strong finishing position because he was able to override the team on what tyre to go on. That's the type of driver Sebastian Vettel has become now. So I can understand why they've hired him. Four-time world champion, you have the opportunity. Yeah, you're going to take it. So be it. And for Sebastian Vettel, it's a fresh opportunity, all right? There is every chance that this is a rejuvenation for him. He needs it, uh, considering what's been going on with Ferrari. And from our perspective, sort of analysing his performances and analysing how he's doing... It it, it's very clear, you know, the mistakes that he's made over the last few years, and there have been a lot of them, far too many for someone as good as him. We now get to find out why. Was it because of the environment that he was in? Was it because of something to do with Ferrari? Or is it just the fact that Sebastian Vettel is not as good as what he once was? Is it because Ferrari were unable to unlock his potential? Or is it down to Vettel himself? I think we'll probably find out the answers to that when he moves to Aston Martin. So that's very interesting from our perspective. So I've got no problem with them going ahead with Vettel. There is the there is a slight risk that, that what he once was isn't there anymore, but I can understand the risk. It's, it's definitely worth it. However, and I I unfortunately have to say that I was wrong on this because I did think that they would go with a Perez and Vettel combination at the team, even though, of course, Lawrence Stroll, Lance Stroll, the family connection there. I still thought that they were going to go ahead with Vettel and Perez and they obviously haven't done. Stroll isn't confirmed, but let's just say for argument's sake, he has. This proved to me that they are not going to win anything. You have passed up the opportunity to have Sergio Perez and Sebastian Vettel as your driver lineup. And for what reason to have your own son as one of the drivers? You think that kind of attitude and that kind of mentality is going to be able to take down Mercedes? You've got to be kidding yourself. I mean, Lance Stroll is a solid driver. Don't get me wrong. He is a good driver and he's worthy of a place in Formula One. But if you put them alongside each other, and yes, you could say that Stroll has probably been about as good as Perez this year. But for, in my opinion, Perez has not had a great year. He's missed two races and Stroll has had the best year of his career. So I think they're working at the optimum of Stroll's performance and also probably the bottom end of Perez's performance. And they're still only level. From Lawrence Stroll's perspective, that Yeah, you know, he's either kept Lance Stroll over Sergio Perez for, for one of two reasons. He's either done it because he thinks Lance Stroll is better, in which case he's in serious trouble because that is a severe lack of judgment, or he's done so because he wants to keep his son racing in Formula One. And you think that kind of that mentality of, oh, I'm not going to go for the better driver. I'm going to go for the person I have a blood relationship with. You really think that is going to take down Mercedes? I don't see it happening. Mercedes have had Ferrari come at them with all their resources and Sebastian Vessel leading the way. They've had Red Bull come at them year after year after year with good strategic decisions and a great strategy team consistently throughout that time period. They haven't been able to touch Mercedes so now I'm supposed to believe that a team that wouldn't select the best lineup possible because hey, let's give Sun a go. I don't see it happening. I don't see them winning. It's not a winner's mentality.
0: It's very interesting. Wonder what people listening are thinking. Let us down in the comments if you think that uh, it was a very silly decision to go with uh, blood over possible talent. Do you think that Perez is the obvious choice? Of course. Um, be interesting though what people think as well if this is a bit of a flop for Vettel is this like the end of the career cuz this prove that he is done and dusted if he absolutely fails in the first couple of seasons at Aston Martin of course he's currently 33 so it's not exactly you know the young spring chicken he once was it would be very interesting to know how long he gets before maybe people think he's gone out to pasture
2: well, forget about Kimmy; he's got at least another 20 years on him
1: hasn't he
0: oh he's gone into this season he's different though Kimmy. he'll be racing
1: until he's 80 um it's interesting <laughs> It's an interesting point you brought up, Sam, because I know we've joked about this being a move to Jordan, but this is this has got Damon Hill vibes about it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it definitely does. And of course, that infamous moment in one of the craziest, different one of the best Grand Prix of all time, where you know you remember him coming up on the radio. If you ask us to race with Ralph Schumacher, we're get, we're not going to win this. We, we could win it, here. and that was pretty much the last time they were properly successful. Um, if the same thing happens and Vettel can drag them up the table and maybe make them the third or second best team consistently, I think that shows he's done a good job. Because I don't think Lance Stroll's going to be the lead of developing the car. He hasn't got the experience in a Formula One car to know how to do such a thing. When you've worked with Red Bull and the team that they've had, and then worked with Ferrari and the team that they've had, so you know what not to do uh, going forward, um, you know what to apply to a new team such as Aston Martin, which does have the resource with Lance Stroll behind them. He could turn them into something quite spectacular. I don't think they're going to beat Mercedes, especially with the same engine. I don't think they're going to win multiple-time World Championships. But I do think that they could become a regular contender for the podiums on a a semi-regular basis, season after season, if he gets his development right. I think that will be as a strong marker of success for Vettel as it would be just to continually beat his teammate. If he's able to develop that team to where it should be with the, the resources they have and the talent they have, then I think his time there will be successful.
2: I, sorry, Ben. No, no, go, go ahead. To... Yeah, go. On. I just wanted to draw. Well, first of all, we cannot let this segment go without acknowledging the complete poo housery of them announcing this on Ferrari's a thousand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love absolutely
2: it. Absolutely. Um, and also, uh, a lot of Seb's career has drawn from uh Schumachers in the way that you know he left the really successful team to go to Ferrari to try and do what Michael did, that sort of thing. Um, And this, again, for me, had uh, that sort of vibe of Schumacher. I know Schumacher came back to try and win another title, but when it became clear that wasn't going to happen, it became more about building that Mercedes team up. And, you know, we know Schumacher's influence is pretty strong in what is now the most dominant team in the sport. So... I get that kind of feeling again from Seb. This isn't maybe necessarily... This is a different project for him now. He's not maybe that... I mean, he obviously would go for a title if he could, but he's there to, to be a part of that story. And even if he doesn't necessarily reap the rewards of it, um, I don't know. I, I, that that was kind of the impression I got from it. It was another echo back to, to the big
1: MS.
0: A legacy vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And I mean, from
1: from Vettel's comments, it, it does look as if he wants this to be a multiple year thing. He hasn't fully committed to that being the case, but he has said, "We'll see how it goes in the first season." I think he wants this to be over a few years, and yeah, I, I think he would take, I think he would take joy in seeing the team going from where it is now to potentially where it could be in the future. Um, I mean, focusing on Perez because we, we've touched upon where he could go. Um, Harry, do you think there's a most? I mean, places are kind of running out. Do you think maybe Haas or Alpha would be would be the only options for him next season? Uh, I think they're the most likely
2: options. So I saw Günther Steiner is apparently lining up. He's got at least ten drivers. He's lining up for that, <laughs> those two Haas seats, which is incredible. Um, I can also see him going back to Alpha because that obviously is Sauber, and he and Perez has been there. He knows the team. Um, you know, Perez Schumacher Perez Schwartzman duo next year could be pretty pretty potent. It's a bit tasty, um, isn't it? A bit tasty, a bit caliente. Yeah, somewhat caliente. Um, but I also I think I would potentially put Perez and Holkenberg in the Haas team. Get the dream team back together. Yes. come on, Haas. That is a way more inspiring duo than Magnuson and Grosjean, for, for for in my opinion.
1: Proves effective five years ago. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it can be a reality in 2021. Um, What do you reckon, Sam? Where do you think Perez is most likely that the nation is?
0: Um, If they do decide to get rid of Gio as well as Kimmy at the end of this season, I think that Alpha will become an all youngster rookie team. Uh, I said that at the start of the season. I think the same thing. I think we're going to see a Schumacher Schwartzman possible lineup at Alpha. I would really like to see either Hulkenberg or Perez go to Haas. Possibly both. That would be amazing. If not, I think one of them will be at Haas and then there will be the one of the other youngsters from F2 because Ferrari's F2 lineup at the moment is exquisitely good. There's a lot of players at the front there that are doing a fantastic job. If you're not watching F2 this season, go back, recap, catch up and get on with it because it is... So, so good. That's what F1 should be with how close it is at the moment. And there's Ferrari drivers littered through that field and they're doing a great, great job. So I wouldn't be shocked to see two Ferrari youngsters at Alpha, and then one other and then either Perez or Hulkenberg. If not, I'd really like to see Perez and Hulkenberg back at Haas.
1: Yeah, Ferrari are fairly spoilt for choice at the moment. They've got... Pilot, Schwarzman, and Schumacher are all competing for the championship, and they've got. They could have all of them if they wanted to. So, yeah, they're doing pretty well. I mean, that's not it as well. They have got a few other drivers in the series as well. Um, I mean, yeah, Giuliano Alesi and uh, uh, and Marcus Armstrong's there as well. So, yeah, they have got plenty of drivers up and down that field. Um, I have to say, from. I don't know why. I still don't know why, but I really feel as if Haas are gonna turn this around at some point. I thought it was gonna happen this season, and it's fair to say that hasn't
0: happened. But, hasn't happened.
1: Thank you. Um I think it I think it will happen at some point. Um in which case, if if they do turn it around and get back to the form they were on in, in twenty eighteen, then a driver like Perez is in a good position to take advantage of that or Holkenberg, or any of the other 10 drivers, as we've already referenced, that Haas have got lined up. Um, I hear Alex Young's in line for a seat there. So I hope who so. Who knows? Who knows? Um, yes! I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see it. I. Part of me really wants to see Perez in IndyCar if he doesn't find the right seat. Um, I think that would be very exciting, but I don't know if that's on the cards or or whatever. But we know that Perez brings a lot of talent. I think very highly of Perez. Um, And he brings a lot of money. Money plus talent goes pretty far in Formula 1. There you go. There's your your bit of knowledge for today. Moving on to the Tuscan Grand Prix that's happening this weekend at Mugello. Of course, the first Grand Prix ever to take place at the circuit. It's going to be very interesting. Everyone's coming in with essentially the same amount of experience at the track, apart from, of course, Kimmy Raikkonen, who raced there back in 1964. Um, <laughs> but apart from Kimmy, you know, it's pr- fairly even in that respect. Um, Sam, I know you have, sir, you have a bit of an opinion about whether this race is going to be good or not. Do you want, do you want to share? Sam never has an opinion.
0: Oh, no. Oh, I don't. Oh, sh- oh God, then. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> Tuscan or tusca more like. Can't hold a bloody good race. Um, this track is not designed for Formula 1 racing. I watched a test lap. I've seen quite a few test laps in F1 cars through history around here. There is one heavy braking zone. This is probably why Ferrari are so poor through slow corners, but they're usually so good with a, a power unit because this track is all about put your foot down, go round the corner flat. That's the whole point of this track. It is Long sweeping corners, which is awful for dirty air, especially with the current makeup of cars that we've got. We come here in two years' time with the new regulations. It might be an absolute banger of a race. I bet F2 will be an absolute banger of the race. There's only one overtaking spot. That's down into Turn 1, and even that is brilliant. You have to get a great run out of the final corner, which is hard to because it's not a slow exit. It's, it's a long corner, so again, dirty air might displace you. Um, and then finally, it's in Tuscany in September which is really hot. So that just means everyone's going to overheat as well. That means you can't get close enough. It means you'll be about two seconds behind the whole time. And if you are go near anyone, valkyrie Bottas will go, oh, a bit too hot, actually, um, and have to pull out to one side. <laughs> so I honestly, I, can't, I just can't see, unless it chucks it down and we have an absolute bonanza of water and sliding and craziness, I think this is going to be a, a, a shocking Grand Prix, especially after the absolute treat we had last time out in Monza. Which, to be fair, if we didn't have the crash, we didn't have the Magnuson parking out, oh, something's broken, it also would have been pretty dull. Apart from Bottas dropping back, it also would have been pretty dull. So, um, I'm, I'm hoping and praying, but my hopes are rather low.
1: I've got to say, I forgot Feltry Bottas sounds like this. <laughs> sounds like exactly.
0: Oliver Twist.
1: He does, <laughs> um, Yeah, so I mean, it has got a hard act to follow. Let, let's put it that way. Um, Harry, do you think that Mugello has the capability to produce a good race? I, I like the
2: idea that when anyone comes near to another car, Bottas is still the one complaining in a high pitch voice.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, please, sir, can I have some more points?
2: <laughs> He's just like the two Williams at the back trying to overtake each other. Bottas is up in P2 complaining. Um. Yeah. Uh, another thing. What? Another. You mentioned Kimi Räikkönen. He. I read that he had his first test in an F1 car, a Sauber, the same car yeah. he's driving now, at Mugello on the twelfth of September yeah. two thousand. So crazy, Sunday yeah. will be twenty years to the day at the same oh, track. You know, oh it's you? on, on Sunday. I on try Saturday, don't you? On. Saturday yes <laughs> um uh, well, anyway what was the original question Mugello. yeah I'm, I'm kind of, i'm kind of with sam i'm not optimistic I think I'm more optimistic than sam is but about his race well, but, I am um, optimistic I, I have some more hope but um yeah i think I think qualifying will be um epic i think the cars look really really cool around this track and i think it's a tricky one i think there'll be some quite a few mistakes in quality but um in the race i don't think there's going to be a huge amount of overtaking and it is going to take some um some extra theatrics for this to be a good race
0: yeah exactly extra theatrics is something that you're going to need to spice this up it's a track that is just designed For testing, it's not good. It's like Catalonia, right? You you go around these slow, awkward corners. There's no overtaking areas. We're going to need some serious wet weather, some absolute shambles going on with some tyres or something like that for it to actually be interesting. Qualifying is going to be a spectacle, like going around Monaco at full speed, like any qualifying session in Formula 1. It's always incredible seeing those cars go flat out. And here is going to be no exception. It's a track made for pure speed, almost like Italy is everywhere. But overtaking wheel-to-wheel action in F1 is going to be so, so dull. And I'm so worried we're going to have exactly the same layout we've had for 95% of the races. Two Mercedes and a Red Bull all stuck about five seconds away from each other because no one could get anywhere near each other.
1: And I mean, you... I showed you both this, but and you know, people listening and might well have seen it as well. A an old tweet dug up um, from Mark Webber back in I think two thousand and twelve when he was at Mugello, basically just calling it a a proper driver's circuit and saying he'd rather do that, you know, the, than a thousand laps of Abu Dhabi or or something. He'd rather do yeah. It was um <laughs> he was basically just slamming current circuits and saying real a real circuit like Mugello is brilliant. And I feel as if this is going to be something of a Suzuka situation in that it does appear to be a driver's circuit, um, but perhaps not so much a fan circuit. And in you know, Suzuka, we've discussed before, it might be a little bit overrated, although it seems uh, harsh to say so. There, It doesn't quite deliver with good races as often as people think it might. Uh, I feel as if it could be a similar thing where it's very enjoyable for the guys out there to drive. And I agree that those qualifying laps could well be spectacular. Uh, but in the race itself, it it might well leave a little bit to be desired you know i'm i'm willing to give it a shot i'm willing to give it a chance we never we've never had f1 there we might as well give it a go it is 2020 it will probably work because everything's upside down but we'll have <laughs> we'll have to see we'll have to just see it's opposite day every day pretty much <laughs> v- Vettel's just joined jordan alonso's joined a team <laughs> that doesn't exist at the moment it is opposite year
0: and I tried to go into next door neighbour's house through the window, so that'd be why she was so angry at me.
1: Sam, that's not part <laughs> for be your behaviour. That's fairly standard. I mean <laughs> looking at who might be uh, who might be in a good position, uh, considering everyone has pretty much the same amount of experience going into the race. Harry, do you think that someone like, I don't know, a more experienced driver like Hamilton or Vettel might have the advantage here over someone who's a bit more inexperienced? Uh,
2: I don't know. I mean, potentially, they've, I mean, experience is experience. Um, and those guys have technically done some racing around here. But then a lot of the guys... Have done racing in their junior formulas around Mugello. I saw that Danny Cafiat won some Formula Four race, Formula Italia Four race or something, whilst he was coming up through the ranks around Mugello. So, um, yeah, I don't think it will play too much of a factor. I think generally Hamilton has always been very good, and actually Vettel, um, they've both been very good at getting to grips with new tracks. Um, so maybe maybe that experience will help them, but. Yeah, you know, they, they uh, all of these drivers would have been trying it out on the Sims and stuff, and they've got data already. It might be limited data, but they've still got a lot of data to, to go for this circuit. So I don't think it, it hands an advantage to anyone in particular. I would hope that it does technically level the playing field, but, you know, that never really happens in F1.
1: Yeah, uh, Sam, do you think that some of those drivers that perform well this weekend will really prove themselves as being adaptable and, and, and you know, able to overcome a, a new situation as they all have to do?
0: I wish that people would look at it like it is, but that is unfortunately won't be the case. I mean, someone like <laughs> Grosjean, who really desperately needs to show that he's still going it takes in Formula One, if he ended up getting 10th or 11th, if he got 11th place in that Haas with all 20 finishes. I still think someone would say, yeah, dig all right, good drive. I don't think people will go out of their way to go, he's done so well to learn that track more than other people. Um, and Harry was right with the comment he made about how some drivers always just seem to adapt better to other tracks and new tracks than others. I mean, Lewis Hamilton holds the record for most wings at different circuits. I also think he's won at every single track he's ever visited at some point in his career. So this is just another one, most likely. Um, unfortunately, I just, I can't see this being a place where we're going to have a lot of praise coming from a lot of different angles. I do think it's going to be a very static, standard Grand Prix, and the midfield will have to settle it all on qualifying, and they might get a couple of overtakes down in the race if something happens, but I feel like Saturday is incredibly crucial here, and that'll be where the praise comes from
1: fair enough and of course we you know it is the 1000th race for ferrari in the formula one world championship it happens at a circuit in their home country and based on the last few weekends it might not be the most successful harry do you think they can at least make a step forward from where they were in monza and spa i mean it'd be difficult to make a step backwards
2: (laughs) yeah i mean how can you go backwards from monza that would be extremely difficult uh, yeah, I think they'll have a generally a better weekend than they did in Wander and Spa. Um, I don't expect great things, but at least I mean, it's still pretty fast track. But I don't know. God, who knows a Ferrari anymore? I do, like that team is so just no good at the moment. And I mean, that car really it's just no good. Um yeah i expect better things but as you said that's not difficult and better things could be you know finishing 13th and 14th so i'm not expecting great things just slightly better than a brake failure and a huge crash
1: yeah it's hard to go backwards from that wait until one of them's disqualified this weekend um sam what do you reckon Do do you think this will at least be a step forward from the last two races
0: I do, I do. I don't think it will be, you know, one giant step for Ferrari kind, but I do think it will be that one small step forward that maybe they need to actually rebuild what's going on here. Um, The track is a power track, much like Silverstone is, much like Spa and Monza, but. It it suits a little bit to what they're better at, which is it's not outright top speed, which is what they're struggling with at the moment. Their car isn't terrible through corners. It's not the worst car in the world. It definitely isn't the best, that's for sure. But it isn't so far off the rest of the grid, unlike the Ferrari power unit at the moment, which is by far the worst one that is currently available. Um, I'm expecting Ferrari to maybe both those cars be scrabbling it out for the, the last point, you know, 11th, 12th, maybe, um, I think they'll be fighting alongside, you know, that the, the, maybe the back end of the Rennos and McLarens, maybe with one of the the Alfa Mayos, which seems to have a lot more pace in it for some reason. Um, I do think it's going to be tough for them because that midfield is once again, as it always is every year at the moment, so competitive. But I think if they could get themselves a point, it's, it is a start. It's a start to rebuilding.
1: One small step for Grazie.
0: What <laughs> and leap for a Gatsy. Max P one. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um <laughs>
1: Yeah. I, I do think it will be in a step in the right direction. Um and mainly as I've already noted, it can't go the other way, so there's every chance it is at least a little bit better. Um I think they could be in a, they could well be in the fight for points maybe the lower end of points. My money is staying firmly in my pocket here. Uh I don't actually carry m- that much money in my pocket for the record. Don't try and t- nick from me. Um <laughs> Please. I'm a I'm a weak man. <laughs> Just leave me alone. Um yeah. I <laughs> I I think they could they could be in contention for points here. Um but who knows? I I don't have any faith in them whatsoever. Um. So so there, Ferrari prove me wrong. Should we move on to some oh. bold predictions? Because
0: yeah, has spoken.
1: Because I'm I'm a bit angry <laughs> at myself here because I nearly said last time out that Pierre Gasly would finish in the top five, which he just about did. But and I ended just... up saying that Danny Cavia would end up in the top five instead because I'm an You're idiot. A fool. Um. Anyway. New week. Sam, what have you got for your bold prediction?
0: I think... And this is going to be a tough one to keep track of, so fair play to you if you actually pay attention to this. I think after lap one, there will be less than 10 on-track overtakes all race.
1: Less than 10 on-track overtakes. Wow. <laughs> Potentially.
0: So I think the only movement will be via. Uh, a lap one game where you just get a better start than someone um, or a pit stop. and That will be it.
1: Yeah. I mean, theoretically, as long as one of the Mercedes doesn't get dropped to the back of the field, you're probably going to be in good contention with that one. What do you reckon, Harry? What, what about yours?
2: Mine was going to revolve around overtakes. So F you, Sam. Sorry. Um, no, sorry. The I had another one lined up anyway, luckily, and it is that the top eight in qualifying will be
1: Noah's Ark style.
0: Ooh. Oh, okay. okay. Two by two. Not not that we'll Doesn't, hold you not. for
1: this for the um for the actual bowl prediction, but Oh yeah, which, the order. which teams in what up yeah. Uh
2: Williams. <laughs> uh <for> our, <laughs> No Mercedes, Red Bull. Racing Point, McLaren.
1: Well, that covers your eight, I guess. Oh, that's eight. Yeah, oh,
2: that's eight. Yeah. That's good. I can't
1: count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. I, I like that one. We'll see if see if that happens. it would be easier to keep track of than Sam's anyway. So. The F1 <laughs>
0: one, two <laughs> by two. Yeah. Hurrah. Hurrah.
1: The F1 teams went two by two. Hurrah. Hurrah. Sorry. That's quite all right. Quite all right. I'm going to say that McLaren, who scored 30 points last time out in Monza, are going to score a big, fat zero in Mugello. No points for McLaren. Blimey. What's going to happen?
0: Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be slow. I ain't
2: got a
1: clue. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, they seem to be slightly better at circuits that rely on the Spars and the Monzas they were pretty good at. They weren't great at Hungary. We don't really know how this is going to pan out, but it could it could be slightly problematic for them. So I'll go with one DNF and one P eleven or something like that.
2: I think Renault are gonna be a poopy this weekend as well.
0: Really? Is it because of what? Ricardo's poopy helmet?
2: No, not because of that. They weren't great in Spain, were they? And I think no, they so, uh
1: they could be poop they could be bad here as well. Anyway. Moving on to poll one two three. What have you got, Sam?
0: Pole oh, Lewis Hamilton first, Lewis Hamilton second, Valtteri Bottas third, Max Verstappen. Let's move on.
1: Well, I mean, going boring would have been very effective last time out, so I can understand you need to do it again today. Uh um, yeah. <laughs> What about you, Harry? What do you have to say? I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick up for the
2: Finnish finish, man. Uh, hey, really? Yep. Kimi Räikkönen, but no, uh, <laughs> Valtteri Bottas on pole position. Lewis Hamilton is going to win the race. Stuck up for a long thing. Pardon.
0: All right, I stuck on for a little
2: for a little bit. Um, <laughs> Hamilton win the
1: race. Bottas will be second, and Sergio Perez will be third. I mean, we. I think one of us has predicted a racing point podium every single week. It's got to happen at some. Well, I mean, it did happen last time I guess. But for, for Perez, it's got to happen at some point yeah come
2: on i mean they deserve that car, That car deserved more than one podium this year i'm still a little bit shocked they haven't had more to be
1: honest but well, i actually guess did cir- predict that
0: stroll would get the podium last week as well uh, uh
1: let's check the tapes uh no no you didn't <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> <Definitely deep.
0: laughs> i know
1: very good cool um I mean, a Perez podium, that would be a right kick in the teeth, wouldn't it? It'd be very good, very apt timing. Um, but I i am ashamed to say I'm going to be the most boring person on the planet and go exactly the same as Sam. Um, Hamilton pole, Hamilton first, Bottas second, Verstappen third.
0: Let's play a game before we move on. Um, gap between first and second.
1: In the race or in, in qualifying? qualifying?
0: In qualifying.
1: Between first and second.
0: Yeah, so if we're going to say it's be Hamilton or Bottas, what do you think that gap will be? Because we've seen it grow quite a lot over the last few races. Last apart race was like less than
2: a tenth, apart,
0: yeah. apart from Monza.
2: <laughs> I um, think it'll be close again. It'll be it'll be like uh, it'll be around a tenth.
1: I'm going to go three tenths.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go two tenths. Let us know on uh, on Twitter or on YouTube wherever you're listening. Uh, what will the gap be between pole and second?
2: I mean, they're not listening to this on Twitter or YouTube. It's a podcast.
0: No, but that's where they can talk to us, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> or you can come down a croydon and shout seven floors up and I'll talk to you out the window. You'll have you to jostle for a, a position,
1: though. It's a highly sought-after post. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can hear one of them now. <laughs> Right, let's move on before it gets too ridiculous. Although I feel as if we have missed the boat on that already. Let's move on to some reverse grid talk. So reverse grid qualifying races—they they made an appearance earlier on in the year, um, and after what happened at Monza, they seem to have—they uh, seem to have come to the forefront of conversation again. So, uh, I mean, it, the topic has respawned and. Following the Italian Grand Prix and, you know, we did the only logical thing, which is run a poll on Twitter um, with a simple question. Reverse grid qualifying races, yes or no, or to be more specific, bring it on or get in the bin. Um, The results were were very interesting. It was 48% for bring it on and 52% for get in the bin. So uh, very conclusive from the fans out there. Harry, what are your thoughts on this? Did Did Monza approve they should be considered again?
2: Um, I don't. I think they they are going to be considered, but I don't know whether Monza approved it. We got an exciting race, um, and there's no doubt that see you know the 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 prospect of the likes of Hamilton and Verstappen having to fight through from the back is a good prospect. But if you actually look at what happened in that second second race, inverted quotes there, um, second race at Monza, was that yeah we had Gasly leading and Signs chasing him down, but Signs couldn't get past him, and not not anything against Gasly there. Um, the only people that moved up was were basically Hamilton and Signs at the start, and then it was just the two Alphas slowly falling back down the order. what what, did it make the race i mean it was thrilling still to watch that but that was because of the it was unique and did the the, it didn't improve the racing in any way um we just watched hamilton do what we expected hamilton to do and i I don't i think that would actually wear pretty thin quite quickly um if because i don't think it solves the issue of the the cars can't overtake and the like this is a monza like there's barely any corners whatsoever and they could still, they're still struggling to overtake each other. So, um, uh, yeah, I think it sounds like a exciting, fun idea and, you know, I'm kind of up for, you know, them trying something different, but I don't think it solves anything really. And last weekend kind of proved it. Um, everyone was buzzing about it after the race. And then if you sit down and look at it, it doesn't actually look that good. So, I'm going to err towards getting in the bin. All
1: right. Sam, are you on the same line of thinking?
0: Um, I think on paper, the idea sounds fun. And I suppose if you're going to use a season to give something a try that isn't elimination qualifying, then maybe this is the season, right? It's a bit all over the place. It's a bit wacky. Try it on a track that we know has lots of overtaking um unfortunately we've already had a few of those come through so that's a shame um no i i think if you're going to try it as well you're going to have to do it from the opening round of the season because what do you do with hamilton who's already 50 points clear of everyone else what if he ends up finishing behind bottas who gets to the front and hamilton gets to second because they stay next to each other the entire race Bottas and Hamilton will start exactly the same order for five races until Bottas eventually catches up. And then Hamilton will be going, it's not really fair, though, because I am quicker than him. But because of Dirty Air, I can't actually do that final move because we're in the same machinery. And I kind of feel like there's going to be a lot of people moaning, a lot of people going, well, it takes the fun away from qualifying because it's not really qualifying. It's a bit of an awkward race. Um, I don't know. I I like the idea Again, if all the machinery was the same... That's why it works, these kind of things working F2, right? Because it's all about driver skill. It all comes down to, we've all got the same car, essentially. Who can make it work the best in a car that doesn't have a lot of dirty air that comes off of it? And you can make moves. Um, maybe when it comes to 2022 with the new regulations, it might be a lot more viable. But right now, I think that we've proven throughout the last kind of six to eight years that whenever a top car, namely the Mercedes, has an issue and they go to the back of the grid and they overtake everyone via DRS passes, it becomes very, very boring to watch because that's the only action you see, and it's like going past a lapped car. I don't want that every single race that we see. So for me, love the, the thought of the idea. I love that they're trying to look at something different, but stop trying to change qualifying, which is one of the best bits of the sport anyway, because it's already really exciting. So yeah, get in the thing.
1: Right, here we go. Oh God! I uh, I'm really glad we're we're talking about this again because it gives me an opportunity to slam down this god awful idea. Oh
2: my god. <laughs> oh, god! Brace yourselves, kids.
0: Sorry, listeners. I, I'm
1: I'm going to leave the racing alone because, to be honest, I don't care. Which is a weird sentence to say from a racing fan, but I really weird thing to say. But I it's true. I don't care. I think there is a reasonable chance that it provides some okay racing. I think there's also a reasonable chance it is not as good as people think it will be. But like I say, it is irrelevant. I don't care because this is not a question of action. It's not a question of entertainment. This is a question of principle. You don't reward mediocre and poor performance. That's not how sport works. Could you imagine if, let's say, tennis introduced a rule where the top seeds all had to play each other early as punishment for being the best, there would be uproar. And rightfully so. Could you imagine a rule in, let's say, football, where the team that's ahead in the table has to play away from home every fixture? That it would be utterly ridiculous. And it's no different here. You are punishing teams and punishing drivers for being good. That shouldn't be the case. If you're at the back of the championship Get better. That's what I have to say to that. And I understand that F1 at the moment is not as even as we would like, but there's action being taken to go against that. You know, the, the cost cap coming in, that's designed to help. You know, these new cars that will aid overtaking, that's designed to help. It is becoming a more fair field. And when it becomes a fair field, there's no reason to introduce things like this. It is purely artificial and it's papering over cracks of issues that have been in F1 for a long, long time. If the races aren't entertaining enough, it's not because, oh, we haven't spiced up the field. We haven't put these guys first in a a qualifying race. It's because your cars aren't good enough for racing at the moment and you need to work on that. Honestly, I, I think this is a ridiculously bad idea. I'm completely against it. I, I do understand that motorsport is completely unique in that it is a combination of human and machine. You know, going combining as one to produce an overall racing package. I understand that it's not like other sports where it's not very focused on the equipment and it is just on you know the skill of the individual. I get that, but that's what motorsport is. And it should be left as it is. And I, you know, I'm all up for trying different things and, you know, going ahead with ideas. And I would agree that 2020 is the best time to experiment with this kind of stuff. But if I don't, I don't care if it produced the absolute best racing we've ever seen. I would still not agree with this because it's on principle and principle alone. I think it should get rightfully in that Wilco bin.
0: Yeah, love that. Bring up the Wilco bin.
1: Oh well, I'm gonna have to stop myself because I could I could go on and on about reverse grid qualifying races and how much you I hate should them.
2: do an you should do an
1: entire podcast episode episode of just ranting about it. I'd
0: I'd be up for that. I mean. We'll, we'll tell him that it's live, folks, but it never will be. I think that's for the <laughs> best. I... It's like giving your little brother like the PlayStation controller, but tucking the plug-in bit behind the back of the PlayStation. You're playing? Yeah, you're that one there. That's bang on the podcast that never goes live. <laughs> <laughs>
1: As, as the oldest of four, I would be lying if I said that hasn't been done in my past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, probably a good thing. But we will have, obviously, a one-hour debate on why elimination qualifying should return. So do, do pay attention. Yeah. Uh,
0: and the last person to respond after each two minutes will, of course, not get the chance to respond again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. Well, should we leave that idea alone and get out of here, Sam?
0: Yeah, sorry for Ben's angry outburst, everyone. If you have actually enjoyed the rest of the podcast and the nice, calm conversation that we've had and the silliness we were providing, let's go, share the podcast, download it, talk to us on Twitter, breaking, follow our Instagram as well. Um, it'd be great to talk to you. Let us know what you think about the races on, on Sunday. We we'll will be back with a video and a podcast as we are after every single race. And we can't wait to see you then. In the meantime, I've been to Sage.
1: I've been Ben Hockey.
2: And I've been Shinji Nugrano.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> so bad. so bad. <laughs> I remember. Uh, keep breaking that.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.